Welcome one and all to Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. Pull up a seat, find a shady palm frond, take a sip from your favorite cocktail. <clears throat> we are your humble servants, Orlando at my right and myself, Drew. We'll be talking through our subject tonight. Our topic, the shelf life of legacy. Something I've been thinking about on and off for the past week or so was the scrutiny that historical figures take over time, either being heads of industry or historical figures in a war, presidents, etc., with regards to their specific legacies and the value it presents to society as a whole. turns people who may have once been heroes into villains and vice versa. And it creates a weird imbalance in things that makes me wonder if there shouldn't be some particular expiration date on the legacy of a person, especially landmark people who do things that move mountains and shape realities and set law forward into motion whether or not that that's actually the case. It makes one wonder if there is intrinsic value to having a lasting legacy in the modern era, especially with the way society treats those who go out of their way to try and change reality in any particular way, whether it be beneficial or negative. It makes me personally wonder if keeping one's head down in regards to the stage of history as a whole might be for the better or not. And it's something that I've wanted to converse with, with Orlando on for a while. Now. That being said, I, I would ask you what your thoughts on it are. So that's a very good question. Now, history is, Let's understand this here. History is a it is a living it is a living subject. Unlike things like mathematics and science, in which we only care about the pure objectivity of the of of the subjects at hand, history is a very personal uh, study. History requires us to document and record events as they go on in time. And it requires us, or I shouldn't say, but the difference between that and other study, other fields of study, is that it doesn't necessarily require us to have a bias, or it doesn't require us to be neutral. Uh, unbiased in our approach. And the reason for that is because history often has multiple perspectives on events that have ha that have transpired. What may be a glorious victory, should we say, in a conflict between two opposing sides, the other side is going to find it a quite different perspective than the victorious side 
and that's just a that's a very generic a very general example but one thing that history has proven so time and time again is that bias bias is the biggest factor when it comes to the legacy of figures over the years let's take a look for an example uh going to china for instance uh one the name itself china comes from the it comes from the uh the dynasty known as the Qin dynasty and it is a very controversial society no it's a it's a very controversial dynasty because the founder of the dynasty Qin Shuangdi is both a no, both someone that overthrew the previous dynasty or I should say someone who united the kingdoms of the land at the time but also created no, was also very brutal and very tyrannical in his approach in his policy to the point where he created the uh, the general parts of the great wall which killed thousands, tens of thousands of people through slave uh, through slave projects. And yet, the very country itself, even to this day, is named after him. Cool. Quite a bloody legacy indeed to have. If you want something a little more moderate, though, let's take a look at something like we'll jump a few hundred, we'll, we'll jump a few thousand years, like Thomas Jefferson. He too is a controversial figure in history, and the reason is because he ends up being the one who wrote the Declaration of Independence and has, has had quite a few notable achievements under his belt, but he is also someone who was hypocritical in his, in his, uh, in his life where he was himself a slave owner, where he had wrote into the constitution himself, you know, in trying to ban the slave trade, but, he owned himself some slaves. He got wealthy off that off those slaves, and he didn't even free his his uh his slave mistress when he died. It's like, and he's had several illegitimate children under his name, and yet in the United States, he is no he is um I should say. He is honored in some sense, where he is featured on the um, on the U.S. dime, if I'm correct. Jefferson's on the dime, if I'm correct. Uh, if I'm totally wrong, then I fail as an American citizen on that one. <laughs> but uh, it is just an example that we tend to find ourselves under constant it's our views as we learn over the years that can other that can change or destroy or elevate to some extent because if we want to go there there the one thing that 
the one thing that history does for us is that no, I should say what our bias does is that it change. It, it doesn't just negative make negative changes towards uh not towards figures. It also can elevate them. For instance, we've had a rise in positive change towards Karl Marx, someone who, if you don't aren't quite sure, he wrote the uh the communist manifesto and is often portrayed as the father of communism and while the while the theory itself has been put into practice multiple times throughout history and has shown quite literally deadly disastrous results in particular in russia there are many people to this day that sing very highly of karl marx and very highly of his theory Despite the fact that he, that his, that his, uh, that his views and policies, you would say, still have impacted the world quite negatively. And then, if we want to go even further, let's look at Hitler, for instance. Now, Hitler himself, there is no, there is no doubt the evils he's committed in the world, and for the most of the world. He is indeed a vile, evil human being that should not be forgiven for the damage and destruction that he's caused. But there is a sect of people that happen to look at him favorably. And not just neo-Nazis either. There are parts, should say, like in India, for example, that actually have commemorative stores dedicated to him. Now, those are rather obscure and very little known, but ends up being the case because some there are people that will even look at someone as vile and evil as Adolf Hitler himself in a favorable light. Say what you will, but history bias ends up uh, creating a very I shouldn't say rose-colored view, but rather a oh, rather unique perspective on controversial figures. And it can and depending on your own personal beliefs will either have you condemning or condemning or praising um, certain figures. And I'm, I am not sure where I can stand on that because we can either, we can either, we can either, we can either stand by it and just let, and let nature take its course or we manipulate it to where we so to where we put things at where it needs to be. And the reason I'm only saying that is because it's kind of based no, both options are basically the same option. Ironically, because who is one to say that one particular side of the story is absolute absolutely right when the other and the other isn't. Now I will tell you that does not include Hitler because a man that evil 
I can't believe there are people who actually see him favorably. It's horrifying to me. Same with Stalin. And I'm, and while he didn't actually put his uh, his theories into practice, Marx is not someone that I tend to, you know, give too much lenience either, only on the grounds that uh, his theories have led to much death and destruction in their wake. But that's my bias going on on this particular point, because that's the thing. That's the whole point. Everyone's going to have personal bias that will change that, that can potentially make an impact on how they view history and its characters. And I think that's a beautiful, I think that's a bitterly sweet, beautiful thing. I think as you go forward with much more mundane instances, because a lot of the ones that you've chosen were extremely historical figures in their own right. Whereas yes. you talk, whereas when you talk about people like Jefferson or later on, or actually, I'm, yeah, I think around, I don't actually I don't know. I think it's later on HP Lovecraft, Lovecraft. A lot yeah, of the, a lot of the a lot of the back and forth on those particular things is a quote unquote a product of their time. Yes, and that's and how people it don't really, but people don't afford them the credence necessary for those particular parameters to stay maintained. They measured these people on modern uh, on modern uh, sense sensibilities, where are, the things yeah. that were were prevalent then are no longer prevalent now for whatever reason. The argument for that is that you could argue there were people who uh, reflected similar similar beliefs as modern standards now. For example, we don't we don't give leniency to the Southern Democrats of the 19th century because there were abolitionists at the time who believed in the equality of all, including those of black people. So when you put that into question, yo, that's what they believed at the time. And like, no, there are people back then, even back then, who believed it was wrong. So you don't get to make that argument. Well, then you also look at the Democratic Party as a whole and the modern iteration of it, or at least modern as far as you and I are aware of, within the past 20, 30 years of our existence, where we were aware of them, they're viewed as, as more liberal-minded individuals. But if you look at the track record of them no less than 50 years ago and, and before, there was a much more racial segregationist viewpoint in the in the democratic party whereas the republicans were the one who were pushing for much more equality now there are those who state that there's a paradigm shift that occurred but i can't confirm or deny that when you when you look at the different the different things that have that have gone on 
now it now the consensus for that is that there was indeed a shift of political members during roughly the mid to late sixties, which is why it explains why the uh, Democrat De- Democrat Party is leaning towards more liberal policy, while while Republicans maintain a more conservative front. But that has not always been the case, and we can even still make arguments to this day that perhaps that has not that has not really been the case. Uh, especially if we look at in the in the in the past in the recent decade, just it, it starts to make it look like the Democrats are actually more of the old school Southern Democrats that they've not that they were. Like it's more of a suspicious sort of thing rather than absolute definitive evidence. But I think that's more on the fact that people aren't willing to look as critically on the Democrat party as they do on the Republican party. And that has fueled, that has given them an advantage, so to speak. Interesting viewpoint. Now, again, I I can't speak for Orlando, but I personally am much more center left in my viewpoints as far as politics are concerned. I have a more moderate viewpoint of different things because I don't necessarily ascribe to one side or another as far as ideology is concerned. I think that there there's metrics on both sides that have in, have intrinsic value in life and there is a there's a re, there's reason to have a more multifaceted viewpoint of how things function in this, in, in in society. I agree with you there. I would also consider myself center left, but that's just me. Others might others might beg to differ, but I do believe that there is both merits and faults on both sides on all sides of the political spectrum and it's something that we need to be considered but i think that at least when it comes to the extremists on every single political aspect on on every single side of the political spectrum they tend to think that if anybody outside their political beliefs happens to uh they must be evil they must be the wrong side it's the old mentality of you're either with us or against us because these are the people who refuse to compromise. And that's the funny enough in the uh, it's the most ironic thing that we seem to as Americans fail to do. And that's compromise because that's ironically enough. It's it was once the best thing that we could do one of the things that we were noted for. And it seems that as time goes on, we seem to fail or even can, or even dare to consider compromise because the extremists have people believing that how can you compromise uh, something that is so obvious? It has, they're obviously being, they're obviously being terrible people. When it's not the case like that at all.
Well, that's called confirmation bias, and it's its own specific headache. Yes, it is. I agree. So I don't know my, if that's my, confirmation bias, whatever. <laughs> so getting back to the roots, do you believe that legacies should have a shelf life before they're, before, a, before a specific person is viewed I, in point of infamy, do you believe that their that their legacy should be discarded wholesale? That's very difficult for me to answer because I can see the merit in discarding I can see the merit in discarding the his no the legacy of a person has if it if they truly ultimately did not earn that legacy. The example that I would like to give is Alexander the Great. As much as he is a a, an accomplished general for his uh, for his actions, you can still make the argument that his uh, that his legacy is a is a bit reaching. A man who's conquered an empire as large as his is was one thing, but he didn't really do much with it. He never had the opportunity to. In fact, he died on the return to uh, on the return to Macedonia. And his king and the kingdoms that were formed after his death actually lasted longer and were in a better shape than his empire ever was. But he wasn't even considered uh, that he his wasn't Alexander wasn't considered much until later figures decided to praise him. Napoleon, for instance, uh, only traveled to Egypt. In honor of Napoleon, seeing it as, as a, uh, a rite of passage for him to do so, and only, and only did the conquest his conquest there as a result of Napoleon. No, uh, my apologies, as a result of Alexander and his legacy. So I'm not sure if I feel that it's a. Uh, that it's something that should be negated. But I think that there needs to, at the very least, be strong enough, compelling, no, a, com a compelling case that the figure in question should uh, be considered, leave an asterisk at the very least uh, when it comes, when it comes to, the historical figure at note because no fi no figure in history is perfect there's always going to be some sort of uh some sort of scrutal for that historical figure no matter who you look at even mahatma gandhi for instance wasn't a perfect person dude and dude was a Dude began had wealthy beginnings. He actually came from a noble family, and he had racist ideologies, and even had letters sent to Hitler talking about that he should help him uh, uh, get everyone to believe that the Indian population is actually white and not necessarily, you know, colored. Because he, you know, he doesn't, he never, he did not see. The Indian, the Indian people as colored, he saw them as white. I don't know what led him to that idea, but you know, I digress. 
And then there was the idea that Mahatma Gandhi uh, slept with his uh, rather young um, relatives. Like, we're talking about, like, teenage relatives in an attempt to, quote-unquote, resist the temptation. Now, I don't know who who in their right mind would think that's uh, appropriate but that would be a blemish on Mahatma Gandhi right there and yet he's still considered quite uh, quite a popular quite a popular historical figure more or less but it's it's for me it would have to be on a case-by-case basis because if, because, if, like I said before, every historical figure is going to have uh, some skeletons in the closet. Every human does. There's no going around that because we're all in. We're all flawed beings, and we're all bound to make some mistakes or do some things that we won't be necessarily proud of. Uh, it is in the hopes, though, that what you do is nowhere near as uh, awful as some figures have done so in their lives. And let's face it, if you do something worse than Hitler, I think you deserve to die, but that's just my personal opinion on that matter. And you should be forever condemned. But, oh, that's a perfect point right there. Before Hitler, people used to compare Napoleon as the evil standard of the world. Because Napoleon began a conflict similar to that of Hitler, only it was almost purely for national pride rather than, you know, on uh, racist and anti-Semitic motivations. But Hitler, through the eyes of the historians, out Napoleon, Napoleon. which now people are starting to look at Napoleon at a more positive light. And that itself in itself is insane. Yeah, I can agree with that. In, in answer to your question, because you made the query, why would, why would Gandhi, you know, view his own population as white? Um, because the British empire was, was in control of their of their land for a great deal of time and he probably didn't feel any different from the English who were occupying that land would be my guess I don't know I mean that, that's my I'm, shot in the dark on it and then going back to your you might have answered your own question that you made early on in the podcast where you asked why there are certain areas that revere Hitler you already answered your question about Gandhi's it, it, uh, letters to Hitler there's probably a subsect of people who share Gandhi's views in India. That'd be my imagination. Fair enough. I, I wouldn't see it as so so simple, but I mean, then again, there is that saying, sometimes the simplest answer is the right answer. And that could that, very that, well be the case. Let, let, me do, let me just put it to you this way. That razor of Occam's gets used very often. It's always pretty sharp. 
<sighs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, okay, so we're on, on a case-by-case basis is your answer. Now, I can agree with that in regards to stolen achievements and legacies. Yeah. But how about like, how about legacies that are inherently and indisputably the individuals in question? Now, uh, my counter would be Walt Disney. Now, Walt okay. Disney is viewed as this as this monster uh, as this uh, you know caricature monster because there was allegations that there was support. He, he was either anti-Semitic or there there was support for the German regime. Though, if you go into history, a lot of those allegations were made by uh, insular communist movements within his studios and other things. So those could be of themselves fabricated to make him look like a monster where he was trying to stomp out communism out of his his studios and his properties. Whether that confirms or whether that's confirmed or denied, I can't I personally am not going to dwell on it, but. It goes back to the statement that you made earlier. When it comes to historical people, especially people like H.P. Lovecraft, Walt Disney, uh, Thomas Jefferson, fuck, uh, pardon my French. Um, what about uh, J.R.? What about, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tolkien? J.R. Tolkien. Benjamin Franklin's another one. Mm hmm. If you aren't measuring these people's faults and their and their uh, and their accolades against each other and making an informed decision about who they are as a person, you're doing them a disservice. I agree. Are, are the accomplishments of this person? This is a question you have to ask yourself. Are the accomplishments of this person on the scale of sins versus virtues? Are, do they weigh more than uh, than the things that they may have done bad in their lives? Well, that depends on the su- on, on the subjective nature of the person who judges the uh, who judges the figure. For instance, you may, you might not find uh, you might not find someone who only talks of racism nearly as bad as someone who indiscriminately murders others. Like I mean, that's a weird comparison, but I mean, like that, it just falls on the on the view of beliefs of the person who makes that judgment. And it, you might find H.P. Lovecraft's supposed racist ideas so abhorrent that you might f- that that you would condemn him just solely because of that idea. And if and if an individual made that decision, that distinction, that's not, not anything I would argue with because it's a personal. It, it what Lovecraft is versus what their personal philosophies and morals are 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 the sole contents of what they of the judgment they're making. It's a it's a compare and contrast scenario, and that makes sense. But I would go and dispute your statement and state that societies should make that determination overall a single person should not be allowed to destroy somebody's legacy without one a sizable portion of a population to be able to make that determination and i'm saying sizable we're talking 
60 to 70 percent of the population of a of an area depending on the person in question decides that this person is is taboo and no longer deserves to have a portion of you know the world's history as something that they occupy one person can have an opinion on somebody and find them find them despicable in one way or another because of whatever their sensibilities may be and I would not fault them for those reasons, depending on what their life experiences are. But if you're not taking into account at that point what they may have accomplished, what their advancements may have done for society, or what their you know creations may have brought joy to people or horror or whatever the case may be, depending on what they've done, when you're measuring it versus the the things that you disdain about them and vice versa, this goes for people who would push people on pedestals unnecessarily or deify people because they are, they, you know, their, their, their infallibility, you're doing them a disservice by not metric, by, by not metricing the things that they're doing overall. You need to be able to make an informed decision about some, who, who somebody is. If you studied them forever and you know all of their ins and outs and you know that and that sort of thing, that's I, that's perfectly fine. I but think it, you but see, if you're, I think you see your, I think you see your point. The problem is, is that the idea of me presenting historical figures on an objective note, even for a general populace, no, population, is almost impossible because it requires. Uh, that everybody is taught um, about these fit about the figure about the figures in question uh, in on an equal sense, and that's just not happening. Uh, I'll give Thomas Edison for an example. Uh, when I was a kid, Thomas Edison was revered and uh, re- was revered and uh, admired for he, for being an inventor and all that stuff. But it wasn't until I got uh, I was in high school where people really started taking a look at Edison and they started demonizing him for essentially being a a thief and and people felt especially offended because they found no, they would only recently find out the kind of person he was and that further impacted his reputation over time and the thing is is that those types of those types of those kinds of details are not something that you will find uh an educated population would be taught in general that's something that you would only have to learn later on either through your own venture or through more uh uh, higher level courses, best to say, um, because for the most part, you're not going to be taught everything about general populations. Are not going to be taught about everything about specific uh, about specific historical figures. And I think that adds to the um, the condemn the condemning or the idolizing of historical figures over time my personal opinion on it of course well i mean if you look at pre if you look at uh, misconceptions of historical events and figures you need only go back 
um, you know, 20, 30 years to uh, school curriculums and talking about uh, the uh, discovery of America and having that be pertaining to Christopher Columbus for the longest oh, time. Oh, yeah. When, yeah. when it was Amer when it was Americo Vespucci who ended up finding America, and that's where the name came from. He, it, it, America is Amerigo. Because that's just the way curriculums are. There's a certain level of homogenization that happens in public schooling that creates a certain amount of acceptance of mediocrity as far as teachings concerned and that could be just because of the way the, the way school curriculums evolved over time it could be because of the different teachers i again i don't want to put any blame on any one particular thing because everything is a multifaceted scenario and i don't think anybody really needs to shoulder fault on something that's a constantly evolving uh program as it were and with, with that kind of stuff especially it's it, it it's something that you like you said people have to do their own independent studies on those sort of things or hopefully are given greater context on the people involved i mean at this point now there are people who deify Nik nikola tesla because of the constant back and forth between him and you know the the the, in, the industry in which he was trying to create, you know, innovations to make things better. Well, Tesla is not difficult to idolize. Anybody who is the same idea with Marx, the idea of being able to provide uh, a uni a universal uh, tool for everyone to use without cost is a very very appealing idea to most people it it's not something it's not something that a person would be generally ready no, be generally willing to uh question or or more extreme condemn makes a lot of especially especially nowadays with how electricity is such a vital component to our society it's how we're discussing how we're able to make this discussion right now in remote uh it only it it, it makes it that much more appealing if the with someone like tesla being as controversial and it further vilifies edison for essentially essentially robbing that opportunity if you want to consider it from that particular perspective. Very, very true. But even like, like going back to Columbus, even, even in the situation with Columbus, Columbus is now vilified and has been for the past five years. But people who have people of scholarly bents have gone through and combed through things that people have misconstrued about him and you know what whatever potential monstrosity they think he that he may have done and have disputed them with with further information not saying any like i said not saying any bit that that columbus was a good or a bad person in that regard a product of his time i'd imagine and any possibility of monstrosity might by our own metrics would be something that wouldn't really be 
conveyed effectively in his own time. But there were people who've actually gone and, you know, disputed the, you know, indigenous people's day, you know, counterculture that had popped up over that. Now, I don't really care. And you can call it indigenous person's day if you want to. That's perfectly fine. And that's an evolution of, you know, things moving forward. As long as the general understanding doesn't change too much, it's perfectly reasonable to me, especially because of the the misconceptions about Columbus and his impact on American society or, or the American continents because he never made it that far. It's no, something no. that it's something that I would be perfectly fine with doing that if that was the rationale. Be like, call it Indigenous Persons Day because Columbus didn't discover America. Fair enough. I'm fine with that being your reason. That makes sense. I mean, then call it Amerigo Day if you really want to, or if, if, whatever you want to do in that regard people are just going to celebrate whatever they're going to celebrate mind milestone days like those during a year. Most people genuinely don't celebrate them in the name of the people that they're doing. So if you look even at now, modern, modern uh, sensibilities, even look at Lincoln as not even a fully uh, deifiable person, even, even though he, he was integral and free in causing slavery to be abolished in the form that it was at that time. I'm fine with people casting an eye on history and being more critical of it. Just understand that not everybody is going to share your, your philosophy on this sort of thing. And it, you can bring up whatever you want about that person, but you're not going to get a larger majority of people to get on the boat with you, so to speak. I can, no, I can, I can understand what you're saying. And it, it goes back to your previous uh, statement from before where the or I should say the question um do does the does the uh do the black marks of a person's accomplishments outweigh their uh, uh oh, outweigh their achievements and i think lincoln was a perfect example along with columbus because yes columbus did not dis- did not discover the uh the continent it was he only visited the uh, the caribbean islands now, the reason why he's vilified is because he was essentially what would start the uh, the uh, essentially the uh, complete mutilation of the native tribes within the next within the next century. Now, that's why many people uh, blame Columbus and think that he's one of the worst people. To have ever lived. Personally speaking, as a Hispanic person, being that he it, that I am descendant to that of a Native American, I think it is absolutely insulting for uh, people to think that you should just change Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, is if you think that that is going to even remotely uh, repair the damage that has already been done. There's no going around it. There's no going back to it. And trying to placate as if though that that is a small uh, consolation prize is frankly absurd. But and then when when it comes to Lincoln, for example, I think the, the many people uh, criticize him for the Emancipation Proclamation, as everybody uh, 
and it's taught when they're kids is that it was used to free the slaves, but the only ones that the that Lincoln didn't actually free any slaves. He, the proclamation itself declares that only the one that the that the slaves in states currently in riot would be declared free as uh, as far as the U.S. Uh, is concerned. This is the equivalent of uh, this is the equivalent of the U.S. saying that North that North Korea no longer is a dictatorship. North North Dakota North North Korea would never recognize that declaration, no matter how much no, no matter how much the U.S. might say otherwise. And that was essentially the scenario that was brought dur during that particular portion of the Civil War. But Lincoln did actually free the slaves because he helped ratify the fourth the the Thirteenth and Fourteenth Amendment, even because he was working on those uh on on those particular uh, amendments before he was assassinated. It's one of the it, 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 it's one of the most it, it's one of the things that many people tend to forget about. And it's so funny how our our beloved current president during his election declared that Abraham Lincoln was one of the biggest racists the country has ever had, despite the fact that he's behind, that he was behind freeing those very slaves. It is a complete idiot, idiotically ignorant statement to make. And no, I don't excuse his whatever fucking whatever excuse he might have had if he was ever confronted with that with that question. I doubt that it was, but it it is an absolutely sad state of affairs when people uh, make have such a negative view over him without even being fully informed on that particular subject on that i would say it's ignorance that tends to cloud or muddy a per uh the legacy of certain historical figures i don't think columbus needed to be muddied over anything but at the very least uh he we can at least acknowledge that he wasn't all that good of a person Lincoln, on the other hand, fought his entire life in an attempt to try and destroy um, uh, destroy slavery, and unlike many unlike many figures of his time, actually succeeded. So to have this idea that he amongst should be condemned is not only laughable, but it's completely absurd. And it's the one instance that I would say I am appalled that people would even consider otherwise. But, of course, that's only my humble opinion. I would imagine there are many who share your opinion on, the, uh, on those particular situations. So don't feel don't feel too alone on that. <clears throat> well, I don't, but at the very least, I would like to say if it ends up being the case, and it's highly unlikely, that it is only my humble opinion. Plausible. Plausible. I can't argue with you on that. I think as we move forward and eyes are cast back into history, there needs to be a perpetual understanding and an understanding that is 
you and I are universally in agreement on, and it's one that's I can't remember who actually said it because I'm particularly potato brained tonight. Uh, those, <laughs> those, who, those who do not learn from history are condemned to repeat it. Yes. I don't know who said it either, <laughs> but that is a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel so a, alone. It, 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 it's a quote to live by because I wish like, other people, I wish other people felt that way, considering there are many who would, you know, throw away, uh, throw away famous people's legacies on a whim because it doesn't adhere to their narrow view of, of existence as it is and the multifaceted nature of life because they've only ever been given one particular story to or, or part of the story that is, that is available to them. And they don't feel compelled to go any further to learn other parts of the story because they have been told that that is the bad way to do things. Well, if there was anything about the decaying, uh, the, the decay of, uh, of the pursuit of knowledge, it's that, there we are I, I guess it hasn't changed all that much over the past centuries there are people who will do everything they can to maintain that uh the maintain that what they call, uh confirmation bias there we go and will just discard and disregard everything else as either taboo or to an extreme blasphemy and I think that is a crippling effect that we are starting to see in a much more magnified extent nowadays. When we, when we are, when, when we start to, and there's not much trying to say that these figures are either total, totally justified in condemning or praising. But we need to go back to uh, being critical of these of these figures, and not allow our not allow our biases, or I should say, minimize our bias towards. It. This is how we're going to uh, gain more object more objectivity towards these figures, because until we start doing that. We're going. We're going to be in constant conflict on how on on how we on how we see history, because like I said at the beginning, history is a living study, and its course will reflect on the people who study it. Agreed, but I think there needs to be certain bullet points in place for each particular situation. How so? There needs to be a baseline established, especially for people who are more famous than infamous, as it were. I think that there needs to be a much more nuanced viewpoint of those things, either in historical context, if necessary, especially in the case of more, more social thought processes that may only be a distinct to the era in which the person that is being studied had existed in and any of the accomplishments they have not be diminished in the face of anything that might be perceived modernly as 
uh, taboo. Yeah, taboo or blasphemy. Fair enough. Everything else, I don't mind if things change. Everything is malleable, and his and, and time is a time and understanding of history is fluid. I get that point, but concessions must be made in the face of these particular situations. And I, we, and you would, like I said, a disservice would be done if there wasn't a there wasn't an established bar set. Fair enough. I think that's all I got on this. You got any more to add to the pile? No, I think this was, while I feel it was relatively short, I think it was extremely meaty. And I I, I hope I haven't uh, ticked off too many people, but I think you've brought a wonderful topic into this discussion. Well worth exploring indeed. And I think we both walk away with a better understanding of how 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 of the blueprints that need to be set forward. So you ain't gonna hear me argue too much. Fair enough. I think everyone needs to take away from this is that no matter what side, no, no matter what you read in historical context, you should always consider your biases and the amount of information you've taken in. Before making before making an assessment, minimize your biases and look at your look at the information critically. It's the only way that we can begin to truly progress, because history is alive, and it's alive because you are alive. All right, to wrap things up, I'm going to ask one one question, and it's kind of rhetorical, but just I want your perspective on it. If a, if a shelf life should be given to someone's legacy, what's the bare minimum that a, leg- that a person's legacy should exist in society? We're going to be looking at generations. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, but how many generations do you think? That's what I'm. That's what the problem is. Is that okay? If I say, for example, four or five generations, we are living at the thanks to the uh, thanks to the miracle of science, and uh, and well, well, yeah, thanks to the miracle of science, we are living amongst multiple generations at the same time. Whether we are living amongst the older generations or new generations coming about, but we are living at least between three or four generations, I would say. So how much further can it go, especially when technology and science uh, helps promote and extend uh, life? I think that's difficult to accurately measure. At least if we put it in our context, I would say roughly 10 generations before uh, the shelf life can be, at the very least, questioned. So that's your okay. So that's the maximum before scrutiny. I'm saying bare minimum, and my bare minimum would be within the statement you originally made, which was between two and four years minimum. A legacy 
should be permitted to exist. I'm thinking your, your, your projection up to 10 years before scrutiny starts to set in is much more practical in that parameter. But from a, from a purely minimal standpoint, I'm going to go for four years is my statement. Four generations, sorry. I was about to say, I was like, I'm pretty sure I said 10 generations, not 10 years. Like that's hardly, <laughs> that, that's hardly, that's hardly any time in the fabric of time. Agreed. But yeah, that's my statement. That's the bare minimum is four, is four generations. Now, as far as scrutiny is concerned, like you're saying, 10 years, and then you can kind of start, you know, casting a wizened eye on it and being like, I don't know. And that's when that kind of stuff should be much more in focus, especially because as society's folkways and mores change that you're, you're the way you look at history is going to change anyway. So, all right, fair enough. I, th- I think that kind of rounds out everything and uh, we can kind of end it there. Very well then. Thank you so much, everyone for tuning in. We appreciate your patronage. And you all have a wonderful day. We hope to see you next week for a brand new episode of the Tiki Bar. Thank you for listening in to the Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. We are humbled that you have given us your time to listen to us discuss things. If you would like to hear more from us, you'd like to see more from us, uh, I have personally a account on Twitter under the name of Ragnarok Knight. My co-host here also has an account on Twitter as well. He goes under the name of Punk Toast. We also have a Facebook page under the name of Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. If you would like to uh, check that out for updates on when we have our sessions. We also have our voicemail link in the show notes. We will be having voicemails read during the course of our records going forward, as long as there are voicemails to be, re- uh, to be listened to um, any further inquiries on that, uh, do feel free to PM either of us on Twitter, or you can go through the actual Facebook page to ask us any queries as well. Thank you so much to all of you. Safe travels to you all cast off friends. <laughs>